you know, yoga podcast. Uh, so welcome, everyone. Thanks for being on the Feed Your Yoga podcast. This is Gabe, your host. And I'm so excited having one of our very good dear friends of mine. And you know, Prem, I was sitting the other day. So I'm sitting with Anthony Prem Carlisi. And those of you who don't know who he is, he is one of the most talented Ashtanga teachers out there in old school. And the rest, you can go on Google and check it out. But <laughs> no... <laughs> <laughs> nice little pitch right hey i wrote a book I too. Yourself in a little check bit. out my book yeah exactly so then i'm going to come into that in a second because i met <laughs> you before the book came out and that's right that's and great. i and we met at mysore on my very first trip not yours but my first trip and i don't know if you really remember our first meeting it was kind of like i knew you were in the shala but um, this one tall guy, I can't really remember his name. He was like um, a massage teacher, craniosacral, kind of was teaching all this, kind of trying to teach oh, yeah. anatomy. And he did this Ken little workshop in Ken the Rolfer. Ken yeah, the there Rolfer, you go. Ken the Rolfer, exactly. Ken the Rolfer. <laughs> and, and so he was going to run this workshop. And I showed up for like a session and you were there and kind of in the background. Um, and what triggered though was that after that session, after he had his little workshop, I yeah. found myself on a Sunday afternoon um, driving around. And I was driving around with another yogi that was there at the time we had met. And suddenly I told him, it's like, man, it's kind of boring. We already saw Chamundi Hill. We drove around. And it's Sunday <laughs> afternoon. What should we do? And then suddenly I had a remembrance that my Ayurvedic teacher, Dr. Kumar, over in, um, in, um, in the neighborhood where Patabi Joyce was there before. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, right. And I was like, dude, Dr. Kumar is having a session. He's having people over for a discussion on Ayurveda and yoga. And there's okay. going to be free food. So let's go and check it out. <laughs> <laughs> and so here we're going. And it's a very small group of people, about 20 people up on his rooftop. He did a little lunch. And here we're eating. And then he invites everyone downstairs to sit in his office. Now, you know his office space. I know his office space but our listeners don't, but it's more like a living room space. It's not that much bigger than just um, a nice size living room with rooms on the outside for where the sessions are. And here as he invites everyone from the rooftop to come downstairs, he has three chairs on his little living room area and people can sit on the stairs and kind of behind by the door. So there's not room for many people. There's only 20 of us. And suddenly through the doors walk in Patabi Joyce and Sharat. I imagine if people knew that Patabi Joyce was going to have an answer in question, then all 500 <laughs> people from Gokulam would have showed yeah, up. Yeah, sure. Of course. <laughs> and wow, here I'm cool. sitting right in front of Patabi Joyce, um, 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 Sharat, and Dr. Kumar, who is telling people, look, this is a surprise. I made a surprise for you. Thank you guys for coming. And what I want to do is I want to just talk a little different about Ayurveda and yoga and the fact that there's some ideas that you all have, and I think we should just kind of put them on the table. And immediately nice. the idea that vegetarianism was part of Ayurveda. And so in the context of looking at language differently, in the context of this experience I had, it was awesome to see an Ayurvedic teacher pointing out that not eating meat wasn't necessarily a principle the way we think of it because the Ayurvedic text would not have been able to describe the benefits of the different meats of different animals if you didn't eat right. them and put them to use. 
Yeah, so exactly. A beautiful talk like that connects different vocabulary like we're going to try to do today. And then at the end, he opens up for questions. And uh -huh. suddenly, someone asks Patabi Joyce, the very first question that I think that most people would want to ask, which is, what is yoga? And Patabi Joyce, without blinking an eye, said immediately, yoga is to find God. And then he says, yoga which was for me nice to hear because he was using the second and the third sutras from Patanjali. And I used the title for our discussion today as Samyama and how the West sold out yoga. And the word Samyama comes from Patanjali. And basically it ties in the idea that concentration, dharana, meditation, dhyana, and samadhi, when they're put together, then you could have immense understanding. Like if you would do samyama on your heart, then you would know your past and future lives. If you do samyama on the tip of the nose, you would become invisible. And he lays out a variety of different things that would happen if you could do samyama, and that's in his third pada. But he also points out, look, that's not the point of yoga. <laughs> the point of yoga is to, what Ayurveda also tries to point out, which is not therapy, it's about discovering who we really are. Yoga chitta vritti nirodahata da varupe vashtana. And so I wanted to chat with you and point out this, like in my opinion, the word yoga is used incorrectly since none of us thinking of yoga as to find out who we are. Rather, when I say the word yoga, people think of standing on the head. And when people say mm -hmm. the word meditation, it's like, well, none of you really like don't have an immersion into what it is that you're concentrating about, but rather all of you are concentrating. And so once again, without yeah. having clear definition on these words, how would we ever teach our students approach the yoga direction and ever at least have a dimension of samyama, which is concentration, yep. meditation, and samadhi. So without mm -hmm. opening, what do you think? A person who wrote a book on Ayurveda, who's been doing a practice of Ashtanga, which connects to Patanjali for almost more than 50 years, have been with Patabi Joyce before he died and when he was younger and with a variety of other amazing teachers who are no longer with us. What is your perspective? Wow. Okay. Thanks, Gabe. Um, yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's a very very deep subject, and it goes to the roots of everything that we want to understand about yoga, and the ability of us to wake up. So the technique, the technology of yoga and Ayurveda and tantra, actually tantra means technique. Exactly. That's the kind of the literal translation like the technique, the aspects of how do you access this stuff? And there's a way to do that from a, a spiritual technology. Exactly. And the, tech, and the technology of these systems are the ways in which we can go inside. It's an inside job. I always say it's an inside job. I'm Italian. You know, I'm a spiritual gangster. The, the only way out is in. <laughs> That's right. The only way out is in. So when we start looking around for it, we go to the Himalayas, we go to Bali, we go to India, we go to Mysore, we go to Thailand. We're looking in the wrong direction. So the path of yoga with the yamas and the niyamas, it's kind of the 10 commandments, 
you know, get those things in order because those are ways in which you're going to have kind of leaky energy. I talk about that in my book. It's almost like you have a, a well. You know, a lot of people maybe have never seen a well or have never gotten a bucket of water out of a well. Exactly. But if you have a bucket and you dip the bucket in the well and you pull it up, let's say your bucket has a bunch of holes in it. As you're pulling it up, you're, going, you're like, what the hell, man? It's, it's fucking empty. I've dipped a bucket in there and it's empty. What's going on? So the holes are significant in our practice. Like plug up the holes. That's yamas and niyamas. Exactly. Okay. Don't don't do harm. Don't do harm to people, yourself, to animal. Okay. If you are doing that, it's going to create some scars that's going to pull you out and down instead of in and up. If you're lying, if you're cheating, if you're stealing, if you're all these things, the yamas and niyamas are like aspects of like, don't do that, man. It's a downward spiral. Okay, so manage that as best as you can. There's people that I've had in my class that have, you know, they're, they're meat eaters or smokers, whatever. As they practice asana, that's why Patabi Joyce emphasized you start with asana. You use your body, you use your mind, you use the breath to affect the mind. So as someone practices, they start to let go of all that stuff. I let go of when I started practicing. I was eating meat. I was smoking weed. I was doing cocaine. I was doing, I was doing all kinds of stuff. I let it all go through the practice. I felt like shit, you know. Like I, I do practice. I come home. I smoke a joint, and I go, oh man, I, I felt so much better before I smoked. So it just slowly, naturally, cleaned me up, cleaned me out. Well, slowly, naturally, and I felt great. Self-aware. That's the beauty. Yeah, just became more aware. Weird. Look, Gabe, I tell people. I tell people, I just told someone yesterday, I saw someone on the beach here in Uluwatu, in Bali, and she's this beautiful girl. She's smoking a cigarette. And I said, why are you smoking, you know? And she goes, it's a bad habit. I said, here, do me a favor. I don't even know this girl. I said, do me a favor. Take that cigarette. And I'm a yoga teacher. I teach pranayama and I breathing and stuff. I said, smoke that cigarette like you're doing pranayama, like you're doing a breathing exercise. Take a, take a big hit, you know, and then hold it and then blow it out. Like consciously smoke that cigarette exactly. and then tell me if you really want to smoke. Exactly. You see, habits are like that. They're like, we're, we're out of control. Our mind is not focused. What does yoga do? It laser likes your mind. Right. So we have asana. You focus on asana, postures, you're feeling your body. Pranayama, you're breathing and integrating the pranayama, the breathing with your practice. You go to pratyahara. Pratyahara is like doing a 180, turning your senses inward instead of letting your energy scatter all over the place. Then, then what kind of power are you going to have with dharana, dhyana, samadhi? Exactly. See? So you need the foundation, you need the root structure in order to go to that to that level. That's why Patabi Joyce and other people that would do the system of Ashtanga Yoga like that. And Krishnamacharya and Patabi Joyce, you know, Patabi Joyce had limited English conversation stuff going on. So he would give us 
information English, you know, and English, like the English language just doesn't capture the Sanskrit stuff either. But it was it was hilarious, dude. Like some of the stuff that he would say, you know, you, you take it to anus control. And it was like, anus control? What the hell is he talking about? So, Amanda. you know, so, give him, yeah, give it's Mulabanda, but it wasn't anus control, you know? It's like, <laughs> so we had to do research. We had to discover, oh, Mulabanda is an energetic quality at the base of your spine connected with Muladhara chakra, you know? And then how do you wake up the sleeping serpent, the Kundalini? See, this is stuff that people don't know, man. They don't know that technology. They just spout out like blah, 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 blah. And that's why I know yoga. I did a 200 hour teacher training. And that's why we have, and I'm not taking away, uh, right. And I'm not taking away from a, a 200 hour immersion into like the knowledge, but it's just a bunch of fucking information. You're right. It's not right. integrating it and using it in your everyday life. That's Ayurveda. That's yoga. That's Tantra. You have to be able to integrate it into great, into great integrate graded inside and exactly that's why i wanted to have and that's why i call my podcast feed your yoga because it's like food you know i mean exactly you, you i mean a 200 hour is amazing but it's like saying i ate a meal and i'm going to be satisfied for the rest of my life and it's kind of like wait don't you have to eat again tomorrow and i'm yeah. really exactly like i mean for me i came to yoga from patanjali my very first book into the practice of yoga from the library is an interesting little book called Dreams of a Yogi, um, which is translated from Sanskrit by a Christian guy, actually. And the way he had translated the first sentence, Atha Yoga Nushasanam, was yoga is to find God. Which, again, for me was like, whoa, what the, like, again, how are you using this word and connecting <laughs> aspect? But what was yeah. really revolutionary for me was just the idea that no longer it was required faith or some belief, but rather a process of investigation and awareness. And for me, Ashtanga yoga, which is what I love about, but because it also brings the word Ashtanga from Patanjali, where for the average yoga teacher, even Patanjali seems to be a mystery. And here we talked about the eight limbs there, which is the Ashtanga, the eight limbs. And you're right, like all the systems recognize that you know if you're gonna get up in the morning, and move your body. And then what Ashtanga did is like, okay, let's move the body and bring the breath, which really makes you have to feel inside again. And then you really focus. You really have to focus, concentrate. And you got these four that if you're going to get up and do them regularly, then those other fours, the first one, Yama Niyama, and the other two, the Yana and Samadhi, they're going to kind of start happening. Like you said, I'm doing practice and I drop smoking. I do practice and I kind of, I don't, I don't lie so much. It's not that I have this idea that I shouldn't lie. It's just, it's not, it's naturally for me not to lie. And that's so yeah. beautiful about Patanjali was like, you know, it's not about lying, but rather when you don't lie, suddenly everything you say will happen. So like Dayana and Samadhi, where they will happen if you practice. And for us as teachers, it's like, wait, are we practicing to get a better pose on Instagram? Are we practicing to kind of have a better understanding of what's changing in us as we do these practices? Not just, wow, look, I'm getting younger. I'm getting healthier. You know, it's Ayurveda also like positioned in this therapy mode, which there's yeah. amazing therapeutic benefits there. But what will yeah, happen I mean, yeah. 
and you can't get any of those ideas of, oh, I'm going to be like I'm 20, but you didn't take any of the benefits of yoga practice, the self-awareness, this recognition that you come closer to a grandeur feeling of whatever you might call God or light or love or energy, that becomes yours to decide, but at least you feel it, you, you know it, like you know when you're stepping into the ocean. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, good, well said. Yeah, it's um. Yeah, it's interesting how I mean the topic is really it's really worth talking about because there is a misconception of of what yoga is all about. Like you said, it's like people are always there's millions of people that are doing yoga, and doing yoga means doing a you know a posture practice. And most of the people that are doing a posture practice is not even yogic. It's aerobic stretching. It's aerobic stretching with music guided to a synchronized sequence of whatever that people make up. So there has to be, again, what we want to do with our practice is focus it in a particular way. And it has to be presented to each individual this is the beauty of the the self-practice method i don't even want to say mysore anymore because people then think they have to go to mysore mysore is just the city where it started it actually means self-practice yoga was meant to be taught one-on-one but the 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 mysore method the self-practice method is brilliant man how can I can work with 30 people in the room and I can meet you, Gabe. I can meet Susie and John and Lucy and whoever's in the class. Boom, one-on-one. I can dial in this kind of generic practice. It's a generic practice. Everybody do Surya Namaskara A, B, standing. But yet I can individualize it and I can modify it accordingly to who you are, a man, a woman. 16-year-old, 80-year-old, oh, living in Bali, living in Germany, blah, 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 fitness level, concentration level. As a teacher, you orchestrate that. That's why it takes longer than 200 hours. Sorry, people. You can't get a certificate to teach in 200 hours. I just busted your bubble. But I'm glad. that's the I mean, truth. Trying to bust a bubble. I mean, again, it's like if I said I'm going 200 hours and learn to be a chef, and now I'm, I'm like, okay, well, that's fantastic. That's a great start. Now go work in the kitchen. That's right. Hey, anything. Take anything. A plumber. A plumber. Uh, somebody who lifts weights. Somebody who's surfing. Somebody who's a doctor. How many, how many years do doctors put in? Exactly. And then you're gonna take like you're gonna take like a little 200 hour course and be a doctor. When you learn this method, you become a you become a psychoanalyst, a doctor, a physician, an Ayurvedic physician. You you need to know all this stuff to work with people appropriately. You can't just get it in just like this download of like some information. You can get all that stuff on the internet. And why that's spend why I three thousand dollars? And that's why why spend? Well, the pandemic gave us the opportunity again. I'll be frank and and that level, Osho is a great figure that I love and the idea that, well, I should be able to sustain myself. And so I'll give credit to COVID and Zoom 
for providing the opportunity for studios and teachers to get paid by talking on the screen and give out pieces of paper. I can't judge society for that, but I can at least bring the idea that that's why I said the West, you sold out yoga. That's what you did. You sold it out where the word oh, look, okay. signifies something. Yeah, where, yeah. When are but, we but listen, Gabe, Gabe, we have to we have to put it into context, okay? There's different aspects of you know sharing and teaching and things like that. And that's important. Correct. That's that's an exchange. If I'm gonna give you information and value from from what the information that I learned and that I gleaned through my own research on my own body and lots of other people, then that's of value to you. Okay. So of course, you know, you can sell that. I'm yes. selling it. You're selling it. But okay. we're not selling. Selling out means that from my perspective and my understanding of selling out yoga, it means that you have to be honest with yourself. You have to be honest with yourself. Okay. Everyone that goes through that 200 hour training, if they're honest with themselves, they know that they're not ready to teach. But yet that's what gets perpetuated. And this is the sellout thing because of Yoga Alliance. And they give Yoga Alliance is like one of the most evil organizations on the planet. It's like Dr. Evil, you know, from Austin Powers. It's like, Hello, I am Yoga Alliance. Yes, you just pay me monthly, and then I will give you the ability to teach yoga. You don't even know who those people are. People are just sending money to Yoga Alliance. They're just like cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. What a dumbass organization, you know, and people are buying it. That's how weird it is. That's how that's how like how how just um dysfunctional the whole thing got to be. When I got involved, it was authentic. It was real. It was roots, man. There was no internet. I I, I dug deep, man. I, I couldn't wait to find a book at some random bookstore in India. And I was like, oh, my God, a book on yoga? I would read it. And then I would go, holy, oh, my God, Mulabund. Oh, Mulabunda is there. It's not anus control. Okay. You know, and then go deeper, research, squeezing and pulling. And, you know, oh, my God, I feel electricity going up my spine. and then talk to other yogis. Research, man. Correct. Research. And Patami Joyce's center was called the Stanga Yoga Research Institute. The Come on, man. Research. Now it it's not there. When he was in his later life, he sold out. He sold out to Patabi Joyce, you know, Stanga Yoga Center. What happened to the research? It was research tonight. Right? Made it. <laughs> <laughs> and then they took my certificate away. How funny is that? Like I'm certified. I got certified by Patabi Joyce, like a degree, basically a PhD. Okay. And then, it, then it was taken away. It was like, I'm sorry, that, that degree is no longer valid. You have to come and you have but to that do wasn't more like study. Joyce. I remember when that happened. No. That wasn't a Patabi Joyce. No, but I mean, this is what I mean. This is the sellout. Correct. Part of the sellout in everything, including Ashtanga Yoga and Ayurveda and Qigong and Tai Chi and martial arts and blah, blah, blah. Selling out to make some cash. I don't have any problem with making money, but do it with integrity.
And so for me, like the ability of bringing integrity to this world was through this podcast and talking to people like you, where, yes, look, I mean, at this point now, I can be honest with myself. That, I mean, I was 19 when I read Patanjali the first time. And, and today I have a different appreciation of what I even read then. And that's through going, being, Course. practicing, listening to myself, taking feedback. I remember when I showed up with you after we met, and then you moved over to Bali and I had the opportunity of coming down to um, um, Sri Lanka to your, to your retreat before I left India completely. And uh-huh. the first thing I remember me and Kyle, the guy that I went with, that's, I think you remember Kyle. Yeah, I remember and Kyle, sure. We both talked about how even though both of us had great awareness from a perspective on where our bodies were, you know, we both yeah. had limitations we're flexible enough, but we have our, we knew where our bodies were. So when yeah, we showed you guys up were there, athletes. Yes. And we showed up there and you helped us become even more aware of a slight awareness that we had not thought of, which is on how our ankles rolled out. And for me, that was the beauty of my store from the very beginning where, wow, I went to Tim Miller and within, I remember telling him, look, I don't know. I do this practice. You know, it's a self-led practice. Let's be honest, not rocket science. I memorized the breathing. I know the poses. I know the order. I'm doing it at home. I know yoga. I know Patabi Joy. So uh, I know Patanjali Sutras. And so thank you very much. But I'm interested. And so let's see what would happen. So either I'll pay you for one class today or I'll pay you for the month. I don't know. Can I tell you later? And he was gracious enough to say totally. And within, after doing Sensitation A and B, and like, with you, with our ankles rolling out in upward facing dogs. And so here I am in Trikonasana Triangle and Tim comes over and whispers in my ear that your heel should be in line with the arch. And I was like, damn, that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, but that's- Just that, I was yeah, like, that- I'm gonna be here for a month because that little tiny little tidbit of awareness from a teacher to bring awareness to me in practice was- yeah. Okay, so let's just break that down for a second, though. So, Tim and Tim saying that—that's not—that's not universal. I don't tell oh, people put the heel. I'm telling people on the podcast. So don't get mechanical. Not everyone's going to go heel to arch. I have people start heel to heel. That gives them a better foundation. I like to work people from the ground up. What are your feet doing? What are your legs doing? What are your, so you just build it. You have to bend your knees in downward dog. Don't straighten them. Then everything comes forward and then all the tension's in your shoulders. Bend your knees, have the hips reach. Over time, the hamstrings open. Boom, you got it. So you have to be able to modify and look at people and say, bend your knees, straighten your legs, stop there. Go a little farther, breathe a little deeper. Have some sound in your throat, not nasal sound. La 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 la, la 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 la. Your orchestra, orchestrating. And you're orchestrating their path to self awareness. That's right. Just a, a recognition of what's going on inside. And you know, like, it's like, it's, it's funny for me when, like, I love reading Patanjali. And so I tend to read him like every year. And Patanjali has the most interesting definition to the most popular word we use all the time the word practice so we tend to think of practice as i'm going to get up and do my movements i'm going to get up yeah but where are you getting that word from what's practice tapasya 
Right, exactly. So what does tapasya mean, Gabe? Right, so practice from Patanjali. What does tapasya mean, tapas? To, to put heat, to raise the internal fire. That's right. So it's a so cooking process. Really to go inward and feel how to bring that yeah, into the cooking, fire. cooking, cooking. How do you cook something? How are you going to cook your body? What does heat do? It transforms. You can transform like base metal into gold. Exactly. Transformation. Exactly. Tapasya. That's the depth of it. That's the root of it. Not just practice. That's what I mean. English doesn't serve exactly. the Sanskrit. Exactly. And so for me, the idea, the fact of the difficulty of the of the Sanskrit and the complexity of those words that we use so yeah. colloquially in our linguist language, and which is, again, like you said, it's amazing. It helped so many people. Look at where yoga is today, you know? I mean, so many more people are practicing. I remember in North Carolina when I found Patanjali and I was like talking to people and I said the word yoga, the average person who knew I was from Israel thought I was saying the word yogurt incorrectly. Yeah. The word is everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's great, but that doesn't mean that people, it's still superficial, just scratching the surface. Correct. Okay, we have a we have a seed planted, but now this nurture, what's your podcast called? Feed Your Yoga Podcast. Okay, so to nurture just nourish, nourish it, nourish it, nourish the seed that's out there in millions of people. We have to take it farther than where it's gone. Correct. That's what we need to do. Correct, and I feel that as a community of teachers, not all of us are even bringing these aspects into light. Still recognizing all, that we're using these words, but again, it's us as teachers in this dimension okay. where technically the people who are going through 200 hours, they're starting to do 200 hours, but they were kind of taught by a blind person. And then we have more blind people. Yeah. And... <laughs> the blind leading the blind. That's what's been going on. So a bunch of blind people teaching. So, look, again, that's not to take away from the not sincerity of people. Not at all. It's just the convoluted Kali Yuga bullshit. <laughs> Kali Yuga is like the dark ages. There's a lot of dark stuff. We have to open our eyes. What eyes? Our third eye. We have to go beyond the five senses. Open up your intuition. What's your intuition? Your sixth sense. And it's also called common sense. I like common that, sense is very uncommon. I like that. Your sixth sense is your common sense. And you're right, like common sense. <laughs> yeah. So common sense is seeing beyond like all this stuff that we perceive through these five senses that only give us a limited amount of actual seeing and hearing and tasting and touching and all that. There's a deeper layer to the whole game. So that's again going back to what yoga is all about. The journey is going back home to who you are as a conscious being. How do you get there? Yoga, the path of yoga. Now, not, not the physical asana pranayama, blah, 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 blah. Real yoga, spiritual connection is connecting with the sixth level. Boom, boom. Your sixth chakra inside the center of your head. You actually leave your body and enter into the astral body. So you're leaving the physical behind and you're going into another dimension. 
It's the same thing that, that happens when you do ayahuasca, LSD, psilocybin, all that. You have an experience of like altered consciousness. But then you come back and you're back in the mundane. So how do you do that? You can do it on a regular basis with meditation. Not meditation of the chakras below the eye center. Meditation at the sixth center, right in the third eye. And then from there, you can enter into the portal. This is not taught, Gabe. This is not taught. My teacher taught me this. That's why we're having this conversation. And so I'm glad that you exactly. gave the listener a little bit of a feel for a direction of, because yes, everyone is doing these. So for me, the beauty of these kind of podcasts is, yes, like you said, I want to put it out there about what the complexity, in my opinion, looks like, but then provide a practical way of applying your skills that you already have, whether it's right. just go and again, fantastic. Hey, potentially, if your first time you're listening, you got a little bit idea about the eight limbs, Ashtanga yoga, differently than asana and pranayamas, then go on Google and, and look it up a little bit. Lots of good translation yeah. there. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's an, a look. As you said in the beginning of the podcast, I've been into this for 44 years. I'm still discovering layers and layers and layers. It's so fun. It's so interesting. Even when I do my physical asana practice, I'm discovering more and more about this physical realm, you know, the stuff that's going on within my skin and my nervous system and my circulatory system, my immune system. It's like so amazing. What a laboratory to play in, you know? Like exactly. this whole every inner day, world. Every day the laboratory is different. So that's the wonderful part of taking that power of going in, as you pointed out, of being able to spend the time going inward. And if yeah. you do that, then you suddenly have, because most, in my experience, is that people are not necessarily taking these practices going in, but rather as aerobic fitness type of practices, which is a yeah. wonderful place yeah, to exactly. start with. I, I'm, I don't want to take that away. There's it's nothing not There's nothing wrong with getting physically. Look, I mean, come on. You guys can't see me. I'm like 35. I'm 66. I feel great. I'm surfing every day. It works. It works. I feel great. But that's not the end goal. But it's good to have good energy. You have to, you, you got to be able to sit up when you meditate. If I was 66, and I wasn't doing yoga and eating good and doing all these things, I'd be like, oh, my back, oh, my liver, oh, my heart. Then what are you meditating on? On your ailments. <laughs> so you want to have good health. So those things take care of that. But it's not spiritual. No. It's not <laughs> spiritual. Thank you. We got to take it to the next level, the next level of the game. You see? That's what's interesting, man. Which so the sixth chakra, from here down, Gabe, from the from the the sixth center, from common sense downward, is about health and well-being. Then there's six chakras inside the astral body. Then there's six more chakras in the causal body, and then we go beyond. So there's 18 chakras that people they don't even talk about. People don't even talk. Hey, what's your seventh sense? My. Six sense, six common sense is sense. common sense. What's your seven sense? That's Come on, everybody. Huh? What's your seven sense, Gabe? Self sense. Sense of humor. I love it. Ah, oh, awesome. Yes. Ah. 
sense of humor, man. Oh, you're right. You, you know, gotta man, have a sense of humor. Yeah. Osho used the words, laughter is the language of the gods. And since I'm using yeah. God, I'm going to put that out there. So, of yes, course. Hey, all right. Here's the next one for everybody on podcast land. What's the eighth chakra? There's everyone knows the seventh chakra is what? Is the white um, one thousand um, petal lotus? Sahasrara, yeah, Sahasrara. yeah, but it's called, but they call it the crown chakra, right? Right, in English, the yeah, crown, the, the crown, like the crown chakra, like a crown. That's why a king the wears crown, a crown, right. or like the halo, you know, where it's kind of like a crown, but it's a halo. <laughs> yeah, but it's a, the crown is representative of that center. That's why the king is like the head of everything. But kings, the kings back in the day, the kings back in the day were like enlightened beings. And that's how they could rule. But that was in the golden age. We're in the dark ages now. So our presidents are a bunch of idiots. Well, yeah, you know? exactly. And they're, going and on they're operating the and they're operating from the lower centers. They're operating, they're meditating on the third chakra. They're operating on the second chakra. You know, sex, money, and rock and roll, baby. That's it. That's where they're operating from. And that's where, you know, everyone thinks they're going to get it. You know, that's what life's all about. Well, remember, so we have know, to... if I'm a superstar, if I'm the star on the internet, then I'm a god to them. So if you go back again, this yeah, there's, sad there's plenty of Yeah, there's plenty of people getting duped. There's a bunch of yoga, a bunch of yoga rock stars, and then they're telling people, oh, you do this and you do that. And it's like, what? <laughs> That's like going down the wrong road, dude. But it's it's all about the cash. No, you're right. I mean, it's again, like, I had a lot of respect. And for me, again, between your character and obviously Tim and Tim Miller, those who don't know, the first person to come to the West with a certificate and started to teach. But you two are very good friends. And I love the way if you look up on the Internet these days where um, Tim points out that the practice of yoga, that's the real teacher. Like you going and doing your practice, which is discovering how to go inward. When you pointed out that you are helping people realize, look, you need to have your feet this way. You need to do this way because your body needs this to be aware so that you can enjoy your practice and go inward. And then if you do this regularly, this practice is going to take you where you need to go. But if you don't have the right foundation, like we just pointed out, then how can practice ever take you there? If you're going to eat well, McDonald's regularly. Look, yeah, but it's symbolic, though, Gabe, too. Symbolic from the standpoint of, okay, if we look at someone's foundation and their feet and their legs or whatever, their pelvis, then that's the foundational energy that's going to make them feel kind of ungrounded. Correct. Unground, ungroundedness is vata. So if they're ungrounded and they're doing their yoga practice and we're having them do more vata-like things in their practice, then it's going to create more vata. So I want to ground people. I want to slow them down. There's a lot of vata in the air right now. Yeah, because of all the COVID stuff and the fear and the anxiety and the war. And so we as human beings need to be able to sort out our own energies of all this stuff that's being perpetuated from outside in. We have to be we have to be, as I call it, in the eye of the hurricane. And where is the eye? Third eye. 
If we're in the eye of the hurricane, there's stillness. There's quietness. You step outside the eye, yes. you get spun out, man. That's yoga. Stay in the eye. Stay in the eye. And anything that supports you going outward is going to be in Christianity. It's called sin. That's what a sin is. Anything that takes you away from going in and up, if it's going to pull you out and down, then it's going to take you away from brahmacharya. Brahmacharya means go in the direction of God. Okay. It's not like sexual control. I'm going to control my sexuality and I got to be celibate. Yeah. Good luck with that. (laughs) Especially when you're in your twenties, like I was trying to do it. I was like, I'm brahmacharya. Oh yeah. Okay. That's all I thought about was sex, you know, just perpetuate. It's like throwing gas on fire. You can't do it like that. You can't do it like that. You have to be able to understand all these principles and then use them accordingly. And we have to be mentors. People like us and other people that have the information and the download and the practice and the wisdom, we have to educate our brothers and sisters into the correct technology of how to use these systems so that we can be more at peace. So it's not an outside job. It's not like, oh, we're going to create peace by giving more to Greenpeace and helping people send money here. Work on yourself, man. Get yourself calm. Do your practice. All coming. Bam. That's what he meant. But people keep interpreting it in the wrong way. So anyway, it's a great topic, dude. Yeah, correct. And for and me, I just wanted to put a little like tidbits on exactly what you said, where it requires people like us to step up and just point out that, hey, that's fantastic what's going on, but let's not leave yeah. it with this because that's right. I don't want my children to think of yoga with just this light that is existent now. I mean, I'm glad the word's there, but right now, all I see from my child when he sees the yoga is just these ads and and things where yeah. the whole concept of fighting and con- and recognizing what it provides you for the rest of your life with a sense of peace, a sense of health, and a sense of connection outward because you connected yeah. inward. Yeah. So, Gabe, look, the people that I talk to every day, it's really interesting, dude. It's really interesting because, again, the image of yoga is like this exercise. But then when I sit and start talking to them, Every one of these people know for real because everyone has installed common sense. Everyone has a connection, a spark of God within them. So they recognize it. And that common sense is like God talking, right? So they know that that's bullshit, right? It's like, oh, yeah, I can see that. It's just an exercise. Oh, wow. Yeah, deeper. And you start talking to them about like aspects of meditation and pranayama and how the breath controls the mind and all, you know, and they're like, oh, wow. Okay. Wow. No, I never knew that. Exactly. Intuitively, intuitively, everyone knows that. You go, "Uh uh uh-huh, 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 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What's uh uh-huh, mm-hmm? That's like resonation, man. When you have that feeling... 
that's your intuition going, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, I got to go that way. Mm -hmm. And then you get like this gut feeling of like, that feels weird. Like, Mm. why would I don't follow that? You see, that's when we're in control of the mind and body. That's navigating appropriately. Right now, our mind and our body are using us. So until we elevate to that place of where consciousness resides, we're going to be spinning out, dude. So the technology is going to bring you back home, home, home. No, exactly. And when you have someone who understands the technology, then it allows people who are listening to someone like you or listening to the podcast like this to be able to touch on, you know this. You know, potentially I found was like, wow, dude, you're talking and what you're saying, I know, but you clarify. Exactly. It. I'm glad for your vocabulary, which is what we started with, with how Dr. Hey, get- Mar wanted to change people's vocabulary. And that's what okay, we here. To do. I, I, I want to I want to uh, share something with people um, and, and with you, brother. I've talked to you about Jeffrey Armstrong, haven't I? Yeah. Jeffrey Armstrong's a very close brother. And um, he he has just put out a book called The Bhagavad Gita Comes Alive. Oh, nice. And it says, and it, and it also says on there, a radical translation. So he's a genius. This guy is a genius in taking the etymology of the word, sourcing the English word that's been bastardized and convoluted, go back to the word that's rooted in Sanskrit, and then giving a translation of like the Bhagavad Gita. It's epic, man. He's wow. going to do it with the Yoga wow. Sutra. He's going to do it. He's going to do it soon the with the Yoga Sutras. Yes, I'm glad you brought this one. And before we wrap up, I'm going to let the listener to appreciate that those of you who don't really understand the Bhagavad Gita, it's just a chapter from the bigger poem Mahabharata, but it's the one chapter where it's the first time the word yoga is used in relation to a conversation with Krishna and a man named Arjuna, which is about dealing with life and death. And Krishna tells Arjuna, look, in a very simple terms right now, you're afraid, and going to battle afraid means death, and I don't want you to die, but I want you to understand that you have fear, and fear, why you have fear? I thought you were aware, and if you're not aware, you'll have fear, so let me teach you awareness. And in awareness in the Bhagavad Gita is I'm going to teach you yoga. Yoga is meditate on me. Think about me, Krishna. What we said to them also from Patanjali. Practice is remembering who you are. Go inward. Go inward. And if you can go inward, then you'll have common sense. And then if you need the books, like the Ayurveda is about connecting common sense, using three doshas to help you develop your common sense. Are you too fiery? Are you too cold? Are you too heavy? And how to use those. And maybe you don't know all the lists of foods, but it's not about that because inside you do know. And if we start listening, right. we wouldn't understand. Yeah, it's all, about, it's, it's all about developing that because everything's already installed. It's not more information. You have everything you need inside you. You can connect to the internet, not the internet, the internet plug into the internet it's all available anything you want to know knows right there and this whole thing about fear our greatest fear is what fear of yeah. dying right okay Vanessa. so 
So if you can eliminate the fear of dying, which is what this meditation I just shared with you, it's actually called dying while living. So you get connected with the source of who you are, and then you see that this thing is just a garment that you're wearing. It's going to leave you. You're just borrowing it for this time around to have a physical experience. So when you do this meditation, you leave your body and you enter into the astral body. And then you can see clearly what this body is all about and how you how to use it as a tool, right. just like your computer. Don't let your body and your mind use you. And if you can get over the fear of death, there's an expression, if you're afraid to die, you're afraid to live fully, right? Exactly. So getting in touch with your own de death is not a morbid, horrible thing. When you do that, you start to see like light and you hear sound and you start to get familiar with the pathway of what you're going to do when you actually leave this body. Then there'll be no fear. There is no fear. There is no fear about it. This into another dimension and you see what this dimension is all about. People are hungry for like this. So that's why people are 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 um get you know searching and they're they, they have this pull to do yoga and ayahuasca and mushrooms and oh my god you know they know that there's something else besides just being born and dying making money having kids really it's got to be something else. so that's when you come to yoga because you have this desire this this inward desire this pull this intuitive feeling of common sense, there's got to be something else. That's when you come to yoga. Now, what's happened with the yoga tradition and coming back to the whole topic of what we're talking about being sold out is that yoga has been sold out. See, it got it got involved with this whole thing of like money and power and Nike and, <laughs> you know. So, see, we got duped again. And Patanjali talks about that in the Vibhutipada. Correct. So the power, the powers that you start to get with practicing, you can see clearly what's what's good and what's not. Just like in Star Wars, dark force, light force, right? Blue pill, red pill. Correct. Matrix, okay? That's what we're doing. The path of yoga is so you can see clearly beyond the duality and make clear choices. Yes, I will go there. No, I will not do that. You see? That's the beauty, man. That's a, that's being a spiritual gangster. Exactly. And I'm glad you're bringing that last part as we chat, as we close this. The reason to create these conversations, the reason to help listeners discover this is to bring out the fact that this is a time of a gangster spiritual side. We need to bring the spiritual gangster. Thank you for that company bringing that awareness out to look at the words we use and rap about them the way we just rapped about it that's the gangster yeah. side the spiritual side hey. is going inward and how do we share it and make people realize by the fact that we all feel more connected as we step into this world yeah, yeah you need to be powerful man you can't be like a wilting flower you have to be like clear and that's the whole warrior thing it's a peaceful warrior What's a what's a master martial artist? Are they going around kicking everybody's ass? 
No. And they walk around with pure confidence and inner determination, and they know how to cut through the bullshit. You know? They know how to cut yeah. through the bullshit. They don't have to like yeah. pretend. And what we're trying yeah. here is just to bring a little bit more honesty and clarity into the field that we've put our lives for and continue to do yeah. that for. And so I really yeah, hope yeah. that this conversation served the listener. You know, me and you and I know each other now for over 16 years when we first met in 2005 in Mysore. So you and I continue the path, but hopefully our time together serves other people to take their path and go deeper within it and find yeah. out how to grow. You can find either yeah. one of us on the websites. Prem's information is here in the information of the podcast. Um, and Check out my book. Check out the book. The only way out is in. There's some nuggets in there, man. There are. I There's some nuggets. That one. Yeah. Any last Thanks, Gabe. That words? was awesome. No, it was great. I mean, this is a great, uh, you know, fireside chat, you know, like That's this kind of this kind of conversation is important to have. And I've noticed on, on Facebook, there's a lot of people like speaking up. It's really cool. Like Mark Whitwell. Mark Whitwell is um, yes. he's part of the Desikachar tradition. And he brings out like different aspects of, of yoga and Ashtanga yoga. Actually, you know what? That's another really good resource book, The Heart of Yoga by Desikachar. Yes. That's a good resource. That's a great, that's a great resource for the Yoga Sutras. If you want a clear definition of the Yoga Sutras, pick up The Heart of Yoga by Deskachar. Correct. And then Jeffrey's um, uh, Maha, uh, um, Bhagavad Gita, a radical translation, Jeffrey Armstrong. I'm going to, if that's out, I'm going to put the link into the notes of the podcast also. And I'm definitely, I'm, no, I'm getting off this podcast and going to look for that. So, pray Dude, yeah, my heart. A, yeah. Go ahead. Go hey, ahead. brother. Thank you, man. I love you. Love Thank you too. You. Thank Thanks you, me. listeners. Namaste. Namaste.